Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Katie. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, Katie. Hi. I want to start with reading something because there's, there's a lot going on in my head. There's a big dialogue going on in my head about this share, and I liked what I read yesterday and for today. This is one of our pieces of literature for the newcomers, and I figure if... Uh, Nothing but bullshit comes out of my mouth, at least something true will come out of here. <laughs> All right. Rep- repetition is the only form of permanence that nature can achieve. A guy named George Santayana said that. When I tire of the sameness of the program, I wonder why there isn't some more advanced way of doing it. Now that I'm abstinent, thin, and sane, am I really sane? Do, why do I have to keep going to the same meetings, hearing and saying the same things? Different people have different answers to such questions. Some change meetings. Others turn to more challenging forms of service. What I know is this. I have a cunning, baffling, and powerful disease that can and does throw every trick in the book at me. Yes, I need to go to meetings. Yes, I need to hear newcomers. And yes, I need to keep on working the program over and over again. I have read the big book and the 12 and 12 a hundred times, and each time the same words give me a different meeting, a new insight. For today, thank God I'm here. Pray God to keep me here. Now, I read this last night um, because part of me just didn't want to fucking share. I feel like, I mean, I think I know probably like 90% of you guys in this room. So I'm like, oh my God, you guys have heard my story a million times. I thought about, do I want to sign the waiver for the podcast recording? Because like, you go to the OI website, there's like, in my opinion, way too many of me. But I'm like, well, you know what? Who knows what's going to come out of it? I'm just being of service. Maybe one person will hear something, one thing I say that is, is helpful, and there you go. Um, and yeah, sometimes I tire of the same in the program. I was sort of qualified for like the two people here that don't know me. Um, I, I mean, God, that's not bad. Um, so I've been, in, I've been back in the OA program since May 1st of 2000. Um, my abstinence day is coming up, so in, um, on uh, August 11th, I will have, um, I have to do the math, 18 years of abstinence. Um, Thank you. That, that number doesn't seem real to me for some reason. Um, uh, but thank you. I appreciate the applause. Um, and my higher power appreciates that too because basically I, I didn't do it. You know, I, I said a little prayer and the, my prayer was not answered in the form I expected it to be. So, um, yeah. And so, let's see. So anyway, I guess, so I guess part of the reading talks about, you know, yeah, uh, I've, read the, I've read the big book on 12 and 12 hundred times and each time the same words give me a different meaning, new insight. I've heard people say in the program, sometimes they read, they read something in the literature and they're like, when did they put that in there? And yeah, I've had this book, you can see how like, beat up it is. Um, I was in the program, I started first time in 1990 and I bought this book then. Um, and so like, how many times have I read this book? It's like, and I don't remember seeing that before on July 22nd. Anyway, so, um, oh, pictures too. Just to qualify, in case I, I, I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth. My prayer before we started talking was like, God, just let me say what needs to be said. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, okay, here's what I always have to say at the beginning of a share. I always feel like there's some perfect share that's going to like inspire everyone to like this beautiful, purposeful abstinence. And, you know, like, and that's my ego talking, which is why I'm nervous and... And really, it's up to higher power what I say and what y'all hear and what happens to our individual absences, you know, after what I after how I talk. And um, again, if nothing I say is good, there's going to be lots of time for sharing afterwards. So you know, it'll happen. 
Um, anyway, so I guess to qualify, I, um, you know, I don't know if I came out of the womb a compulsive overeater, if I learned it, uh, you know, my, my family on the scale of dysfunctionality is like, you know, here's the non-existent perfect Norman Walkwell family, and over here is like the Mansons that are just like off the scale, like my family's a little bit, a little bit left of the Rockwell family, you know, we got, we got our stuff, but pretty okay, um, so I have this disease. And I know people that are closer to the freaking Mansons, you know, who have the disease. And I know people that are closer to the Mansons that don't have a disease. So I don't know. It doesn't discriminate. <laughs> um, I remember food first being an issue when I was a, God, probably in second grade. And it was a doctor who told my mother, I very distinctly remember her talking to my mother, not to me, even though I was very capable of understanding language, um, that I was overweight. And that I could lose the weight by not having seconds or skipping dessert. And... I am so grateful my parents did not become the food police, you know, they, but I did get praised if I did indeed turn down seconds and, um, you know, not have dessert, which, you know, is healthy, I guess. Um, but I suddenly, I, I, that was a moment where it was suddenly not okay for me to eat what I wanted when I wanted. And I may have been doing compulsive food behaviors before that. Um, but I do recall being the child who at a birthday party would eat all the stuff at the snack table and hang out there. And that was a behavior I did. God, up until pretty much I came into program, you know, if I was nervous at a party, I want my best friend is the food table, you know, because I can handle eating, and yeah, that's easy. I can handle talking to you if I get something in my mouth or in my hand. Um, and if no one's talking to me, I can just eat. Anyway, um, so I was doing that kind of stuff. Uh, I I didn't really, really, really start. Sh I mean, I was kind of a chunky preteen, um, which I think. I don't know, I'm not gonna make a comment on that, but I, I definitely lost weight as I, as I got into adolescence, you know, because I got taller, I got hips and breasts, you know, everything kind of, you know, uh, moved itself around. Um, you know, and I graduated, I remember, but I was doing these behaviors that I was not happy with, and I remember graduating eighth grade wearing a size six petite. I was only like maybe an inch or two shorter than I am now, and I thought I was fat in that dress. Um, I remember, you know, trying to diet and exercise as a little kid. Like, I remember, like, summer vacation, getting up at 6 a.m. There was some TV show that was on really early. It was, like, a, like an aerobic show. And I'd get up and do this exercise show, like, when I'm eight. Um, and I don't know if that was healthy or not, but it's what I did. It just seems a little compulsive, you know, or, or weird behavior for an eight-year-old. Um, and, uh, you know, I passed for normal as a teenager, you know, but I was still having, you know, I was binging at home. You know, I was eating stuff out of the cupboards, um, you know, raiding the refrigerator. The only rule around food in my house was like, you could eat whatever you wanted, um, is, unless it was somebody specifically said, save this for, you know, this thing. Don't eat that. Um, so, you know, I, if stuff went missing, I, they, and I confirmed this as an adult, they, they thought my brother ate it, because my brother, my brother is 6'5 as an adult, and, he, and as a teenager, he was really athletic. So he just needed to eat a lot more than I did. Um, so yeah, I was doing that kind of stuff. I recall asking my, my, my pediatrician, like, you know, for advice on losing weight, and she gave me something really helpful, like, well, when you're, you and your friends go to McDonald's, just have a Diet Coke. My friends and I didn't go to McDonald's. We went to Double Rainbow Ice Cream. We had parties at our houses. We, you know, baked and made stuff and ate it. You know, that was, that was what, how we ate together. Um, I ate a lot more of it than my friends did, but that's what we did together if we were going to have food. Um, so anyway, the first time I had, so I was pretty ashamed about my body and how I ate, and I kind of related to, um, you know, the, I don't know, what I saw as the kids with problems, you know, the kids who are children of alcoholics or getting, you know, physically abused at home or using alcohol and drugs, and 
but I wasn't doing that, so how do I ask for help for what I do? Um, I saw, so when I first heard about OA, I, I, it was because I saw a, a poster uh, outside of one of the, one of the classrooms in my, in my school, and um, it just said, it said anorexic, bulimic, try Overeaters Anonymous. And you know, anorexia and bulimia were the only things people were kind of talking about then in terms of food problems. Um, but I guess the term overeater caught my attention. And now, y'all, this is in the 90s. This is 1990. This is no, this is pre-internet. So I had, a, you know, I remember writing down the number, you know, with a story plan in case somebody caught me. And you know, oh, my friend might like this. And you know, I, I, that you had to call and leave, and leave your address, and they sent you uh, a, a, a meeting form, a meeting list. And um, I'm again I'm grateful to my parents. They were they respected my privacy, and they just gave me my mail. And when I got the when I got the um, the schedule. And I went to a meeting. It was at CPC Davies um, Saturday morning. It was the Saturday before Easter. I could walk there from my parents' house, and um, that movie was pretty fucking art. Uh, movie. That meeting was pretty freaking weird, in my opinion. You know, like I had seen movies where you know the, the 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 happy ending is they go to AA and they you know get some sober and blah blah blah. And, you know, um, and I. And I just remember going to this meeting, like, thinking like, oh God, what a bunch of losers. And you know, I made myself as different as I could from everyone else. You know, I was the youngest, the straightest, the, you know, the whitest, the whateverest. And, um, but in, behind all that, in between all that, in behind all that noise, poking through was, was hearing, okay, these are all people that do messed up unhealthy things with food and they want to get better. This might be someplace to go. So, um, I don't know how long it was after that, but basically after I graduated high school, I started going to meetings on a pretty regular basis. Um, and I always told my mom I was going shopping. And so when I finally told my mother I was doing Overeaters Anonymous, you know, she's like, I wondered why you always went out shopping and never came home with anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so that summer I started working the steps. I got a sponsor. I lost a bunch of weight. I started college. Like, I, I, I think I weighed probably about what I do now when I started college and I lost some more weight and I got down to like 116 pounds, you know, my freshman year in college. Which is the lowest adult weight I've ever I've ever weighed, um, and I was on this pink cloud, man. Like I loved college, you know, new friends, you know, new boyfriend, new new just new place to live. School, classes were actually fun, um, and then it all the pink cloud burst. Like life started happening, you know. Is that ten? Ten. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, uh, what happened? Oh, there was a death in my family that caused a rift that's still there. Uh, you know, classes actually kind of got start, started getting a little hard. The boyfriend wasn't as great as I thought he was at first. And um, actually, he was a good guy, just the relationship wasn't right. Anyway, um, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing in a relationship. I, I, sometimes I still don't know. I'm 46 years old, and I still don't know what the hell anyway. Um, but back then, I, did, I really didn't know. <laughs> anyway, I, so I started eating at my grandfather's memorial, and, um, you know, there were people there that saw me, that hadn't seen me since I'd lost weight. So... You know, in the same day, I'm hearing, wow, you look really great, while they're watching you just, like, scarf all the food, you know, at the, at the table, at the food table. And one of my aunts, I think she was trying to, you know, out loud reconcile what she saw my body do, yeah. body look like, and what my saw me doing. And she said, um, yeah, that food in the dorms must be really bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... So I finally got a hold, I was scared to call my sponsor after that, and I finally called her, and she wasn't there, and I called and called, but I finally got a hold of her, she told me she couldn't sponsor me anymore. Um, and it, was, it had nothing to do with me breaking my abstinence or binging, um, it was her own personal stuff. Um, but basically after that, I floundered around the program for about another, I don't know, nine months to a year. You know, I went, I kept going to meetings, but I couldn't get a sponsor, and I couldn't connect with anybody. Um, I went to school in the East Bay, and um, back then, and I'm sure it's the same way now, there, was, there were a lot of meetings, a lot of young people, 
and, but I couldn't connect with any of them. You know, they, it, it, um, I get really frustrated because these people always seem to ask me, like, you know, what, how can we get more young people? Like, I don't know, you know, because I was young when I came in and they think I'm supposed to know this. I don't know. I I'm, honestly don't know. Um, but yeah, so anytime I make friends with people my age, they'd go away. They'd leave program or they'd graduate school or they'd move or, or something would happen. Um, and I couldn't connect with them. And, I, and I, I kept trying to find a sponsor and I just couldn't find one that, you know, that would work with me. And um, I woke up one morning and realized, hey, you know what? There is no law saying I have to go to OA. I am not going to get hauled away to prison if I stop going to meetings. And I chose to stop coming. And, you know... I probably quit five minutes before the miracle. You know, you know, maybe the next meeting I went to, I would have found the most amazing sponsor and gotten abstinent. Maybe I would have connected with, I would have gone to the right meeting. I don't know. But I decided not to go. Um, and so I want to thank each and every one of you for deciding to come to a meeting tonight. You know, I mean, the, the way I look at it, like, even if you binged on the way to the meeting, you're abstinent right now. And so the day can start again right now. And, you know, at least at this moment, we all want to get better with food. You know, some part of this. And I, and I, love, I love the third tradition. That actually kind of helps with my perfectionism because the third tradition states the only requirement for membership, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Not that you have stopped, not that you're a certain weight, not that you have anything, anything medical in your history, not in your history, not that you you're, you're, have any specific belief or not belief in God. You just want a desire to stop eating compulsively. Even it's little. Even if you go back and forth and you're like, fuck this, I don't want anymore. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you belong here. You know what I mean? So, so that kind of gives me hope. It's like, y'all can't kick me out. You know, if I'm, if I'm acting like a jerk in a meeting, maybe you can ask me to leave that meeting. But you can't kick me out of the fellowship. So that's, that I take pride in. Because I, I am such a, my perfect, a lot of my character defects, my biggest fear is being rejected. It really, that's what all of my character defects boil down to fear, and it's the fear that I am not good enough to take up space, to be on this earth, to be anywhere. Um, and so that's, that's what it all comes down to. Like half, most of my 10 steps, it, it just, everything boils down to fear. And think, my, I have an amazing sponsor who just listens to the same thing over and over again. It's there, it's, you know. Um, in fact, if, if we went into character defects really fast, I actually heard something really comforting in a meeting once where the speaker said, you know, I may have some of these character defects till the day I die. It's like, okay, that actually kind of, okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to get, anyway, um, I feel like I'm going off on a, uh, a tangent. <laughs> so what happened was, to get me back into program, so I think I told you I left, that was probably 1992, maybe? And so I like, I like this, and I gained a ton of weight that year that I left program. Um, I mean, I like to say I had the freshman negative 15 and the sophomore 70 because I gained so much weight in a year. Um, and just to show you the kind of insanity I was accepting, I mean, I lived with another compulsive overeater, a very angry woman. Um, I didn't really like her, and she was a bigger slob than I was, if you can believe it. But she had a car and drive to the store anytime I wanted. Uh, I was also dating an active alcoholic and drug addict who was abusive, and um, there you go. Um, yeah, so the highest number I saw on a scale was my senior year in college. It was 189. I was absolutely devastated. Um, I remember I, was, I actually had a boyfriend at the time, and he was the first man I had sex with. And that guy thought I was hot. So, you know, there's somebody for everybody. So in terms of body image, it's like, you know. Um, there you go. But I remember being in his house, and he was really supportive and sweet about it. Like, just like, I still think you're beautiful. And, blah, blah, blah. and um, uh, I, so, let's see. I, I know, so tradition, you can't give me out if I have a crappy share. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have, I'm actually real, well trained in public speaking, I've, and I'm just, you know, by that critic is like, yeah. anyway, um, 
So, okay, so, uh, so my highest weight, the highest number I saw was 189. I'm sure I got higher than that. So I like to say my high, top weight is close to 200 pounds because I, I was really sedentary after I graduated college. Um, that boyfriend and I took a road trip after he graduated and you know, we were very sedentary. Um, he also quit smoking during that trip and you know, he, he started eating to, 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 uh, to uh, replace the cigarettes. So I had a binge buddy in the car and so I gained a lot of weight then. Um, and I'm trying to think what to skip over to get, to get this. I am, um, oh, oh, so, I, so, I, so I, lost a, I lost a bit of weight, the, sort of that fourth quarter of that year after I graduated, because I had this, spa, this period of time where I was working two jobs. And um, on the days I worked at both of my jobs, my schedule was pretty much get up at six, go to my morning, have some breakfast, go to my morning job, you know, get done with that job, eat some lunch, go to my afternoon job, or my swing shift job, I guess, you know, get a, get a, you know, a, um, a dinner break, and go home at around 10, 30, or 11, get up the next morning and do it all over again. Just having those, and I wasn't trying to restrict any foods, I wasn't trying to restrict portions. Um, I lost probably like 20 pounds in that three months just by having some boundaries around my food. You know, I was eating three meals a day, usually nothing in between. I mean, if somebody's processing to work, I would eat something, but I didn't have a lot of time to overeat or to eat more than, than meals. Um, and I lost 20 pounds just doing that. So that alone tells me how much I was eating <laughs> before that. Um, and at some point I joined a, a commercial weight loss program, got down to about where I am now, and, and, the, and then just the food started coming back. You know, I was doing, I, I was just, you know, I was doing things like, you know, putting on just enough clothes to get down to the store and, and buy, buy junk, and I'd have the, the story prepared for the clerk about how my friends were coming over, and no. they never ask. You know, I've heard a lot of people share about this. They never ask, but we always have to have the story prepared. Um, one of the more humiliating things is I remember hiding from this really cute guy from my church because I was like, I did not want him to see me looking like, you know, dressed like a slob, buying all this junk. I just didn't want him to see me. Um, I, once, I, I once threw up chocolate because I ate, I binged on so much candy that there was like, there wasn't, it, it just was pure food I was, that was coming up. Um, oh, what else? Anyway, so what ha I guess what happened to get me back into program was that I, um, I, I wanted to stop doing this myself. Like I was, I was getting to a bottom with my with my eating, and I didn't want to keep doing this to myself. Um, and I, so the, the first time I left program, I gave somebody my old OA literature, and I remember telling her distinctly, "Do whatever you want with this. I don't want it back." And when I was thinking about maybe coming back, I asked her for the literature back, and she still had it, and she gave it to me. <laughs> so I started reading it, and I was reading the 12-step book. Back, back in my first time in program, they didn't have a 12 and 12. It was only the 12-step book. And so I'm reading step three in this cute little burgundy book. And, um, and there's something about like asking God, telling God we want to stop, stop eating compulsively. And I did that. But I was really sure I wasn't going to go back to a way to do it. I was gonna take care of the physical with the, the commercial diet plan. I was gonna take care of the spiritual with this church group I was in. And I was gonna take care of the uh, emotional with therapy. And I'm not here to endorse or oppose any of those things, but those were not keeping me abstinent. Those were not keeping me sane with the food. So how I know there's a, how, a power greater than myself is that after telling God what, what was gonna happen, I walked <laughs> into the Monday Night Kaiser meeting in um, whatever town it was in at the time. Um, it, it's moved a few times since I've been back in program. but. Um, I remember walking into that meeting and I was, oh my God, I was so pissed. Cause it, and basically the, the anger was based in fear because what if this doesn't work? What if I try this again and this doesn't work? I don't know what else to do. Um, and uh, I don't know what I said to the newcomer reader. Like I was 
probably some scary angry bitch. I mean, there's a picture in there, right? In there, where I look like fat angry bitch. It's like you can just tell how I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't remember trying to make a face when I made that picture. But you can just tell how angry I am in that picture. That I just, I don't want to be here. Um, anyway, I don't know what I said to the newcomer, but, but what she said to me, I just remember her smiling at me and saying, "I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming." And that, and again, you know, that meeting. I had a lot of judgment, again, based on, I'm, I'm really scared to death this isn't gonna work, but I, I just knew this is where I had to be. You know, I knew. And, you know, I've, I've run the gamut between, I hate all you fucking motherfuckers, <laughs> goddamn losers, to like, of course, you know, number one goddamn loser right here, um, to like, I love everybody, you know, thank you, God, I have five minutes left, I really wanna to get to the steps. Okay, um, so, if I, if I don't get to anything, all I gotta say is everyone I know with long-term abstinence has worked the steps and they do a lot of service and they keep coming back. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah, so I got my first, it took me a while. So if you, okay, so if you do the math, I came back in May 1st of 2000, I didn't get abstinent until August 11th of 2001, so it took a while. Again, you know, it takes what it takes. I know people have taken like, you know, decades to get abstinent, but they keep coming back and that really, honestly, you know, I'll tell you from experience, it's better in here binging than it is, you know, out there. And in fact, this meeting I found really, they used, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do a thing where um, everyone with more than a year of abstinence, they had them stand up. And I knew a couple people that hated that, but I was like, no, I love that. Because before I had a year, it, it gave me hope. Like, it is possible. It is possible to get to, to, for this to happen. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not have some squeaky clean bite for bite, you know, perfect abstinence. I don't claim that. And um, that's, I don't think I need to, 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 to feel seeing the food. Um, but I haven't had a binge in almost 18 years, so uh, which is huge for me. So that's the cool thing we get to define our absence. We get to define, we get to determine what our absence is. Like it's it's defined by overeaters anonymous, but you get to determine it for yourself between you and your sponsor and your higher power. Um, anyway, so it took me a little bit, little little while to get my abstinence, um, but it, it happened by working the steps. So there is a there is a there is a a way of thinking that to me logically makes sense. Like you shouldn't work the steps until you're abstinent. Like I've heard in AA, shouldn't work the steps until you're sober, which in one way makes sense because, okay, well, you know, yeah, your night needs to be clear, la, la, la. Well, for me, I didn't get abstinent until I was well into my first set of ninth step amends, and that's my experience. So when I sponsor somebody, I ask them where they are in the steps. If they give me something like, oh, well, you know, I was starting this fourth step, and then I relapsed, I had to start at step one. I'm like, no, 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 start, keep Finish that fourth step and keep going, and I will tell them my experience. If they don't want to work with me, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's you know what I mean? It's like there's... A bunch of different ways to work this program. This is what works for me, y'all. So that's that's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, so I worked I, I worked the first three steps doing I like the 30 questions from how, even though I don't that's the only part about how program I work, I don't do the rest of it. Um, but I think it's a really good way. It's really I think they're really it's a really comprehensive way to work the the first three steps, my opinion. Um, then I wrote a fourth step. I gave away my fifth step. I felt like shit after my fifth step. Um, but thankfully there's more steps. <laughs> so we worked steps six and seven, you know, got, getting ready to ask God to remove my shortcomings and then doing that and then making an eighth step list of people I owe amends to. And, and one way to do that is to look at your fourth step list because a lot of times people we, who have harmed us, we may have harmed them. Um, and what was really awesome about, my eighth, about doing my eighth step list is, is looking at my fourth step list and looking at these situations where before I had worked the steps, I would be like, oh yeah, that person. I'd get all burned up, you know, resent it again. And, and this time when I was doing my eighth step, I'd be like, it was, it's kind of neutral. It's like, oh yeah, that happened. And what I realized is I had forgiven people. 
because human beings make mistakes. Now, sometimes they're big mistakes. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, if you suffered abuse, that's, that's not a mistake you have to go back and for more for. Um, you know, but, um, uh, and so anyway, so I, made the, I was able to make the leap. Like, if these are people, if they're human beings and they, they make mistakes, I was able to be like, oh, well, if I'm a human being, I get to make mistakes too. And um, which opened the door to ask for forgiveness in step, eight, step nine. And I had some beautiful experiences doing nine step amends. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my favorites are the ones to my parents. Um, the one where I had to make amends for, you know, ripping a new one into a, a mechanic. Like, I, I mean, I watched the guy come out scared. Like, he looked scared when he came out to talk to me. And, he, and he, I just saw him smile and drop his shoulders when I just was saying I'm sorry for being, a, you know, for being so rude to him. Um, um, things like that. And then 10, 11, 12, kind of the maintenance steps. You know, it's like we keep, we keep, doing, we keep doing personal inventory. I keep doing... God, I'm talking fast, sorry. Um, we keep making personal inventory. Step 11, you know, improve our conscious contact with higher power. I've had some fun with this one. All different practices. In fact, my, you know, from, I've just, I think somewhere in the literature says see where religious people are right. So it's kind of like, not saying they're all right, like everything's right, but just, you know, you like something, use it. Um, so I've done prayers and practices from all kinds of different traditions that I've, I've learned about. Um, I also, you know, had fun with my higher power, uh, played with that concept. Like I came in believing in a, God, like a being, like dude in the sky kind of kind of God. Um, but I've had to I've had to revamp that over the years, um, and especially as, as someone who is very independent, I had to learn to have the have the group be my higher as a form of my higher power, because um, God wasn't going to strike me absent on my knees in my bedroom. You know, God wanted me to come here, be with y'all, to find out how you do it one day at a time. Um, and sometimes that God in the sky is really quiet. Like I can't hear it or him or her or whatever, gen whatever gender it is. Um, sometimes when I, if I call one of you guys, I can hear it. Like literally. Um, so anyway, my time's up. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna stop in a minute. Um, and then 12 is, about, step 12 is about doing service. I hope I've done service tonight. I try to I sponsor people as best I can. I usually have service, service commitments on some level and um, I guess that's it. Thank you all for giving me one more, helping me get one more day, and I'm looking forward to what y'all have to say.